Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for the spiritual seekers and the lurkers and the respectfully curious as well as the pursuers of their passion. And I have to say, I have a lot of passion about this podcast I'm about to record. Spiritual Boss Podcast is brought to you by Tanya Ryan, Melanie Dawn, and Jen Anderson, which is me. And today I'm doing a solo episode and I'm super stoked about it. And I've been thinking about it since... I think it was Friday, Tanya and I spoke and I was like, yeah, I'll do a solo. I'm like, I got so much to say. And then I was like, oh, but what do I want to talk about? What area do I want to focus on? And, you know, I like wrote things down and I let it ruminate. And I was like, Sunday morning, I woke up and I was like, yes. And it was like, nope, not yet. Not yet. And then Monday morning was the plan. And yesterday we ended up joining the convoy that's going to Ottawa right now. And that's what needed to happen. And I was going to record it when I got home, but we ended up going driving with them for four hours and it was so magical. And it was, I'm so glad my kids really wanted to continue on. And I was like, cool, that's what we're going to do. It's not what I'm here to talk about, but I do see this morning how that needed to occur before I recorded this podcast. So for those of you that don't know me, I am an abundance mentor. You can find me on Instagram. I am Jen Anderson. And sometimes I think I've been told actually, not just I think I've been told many times that abundance mentor People kind of think that it's just like all sunshine, love, rainbows, butterflies, all the things. And really what an abundance mentor actually means is that I know a shit ton about fear and lack. (laughs) I have experienced it in my own body, in my own life so much. So, and so I know what it feels like to feel scared to feel anxious, to feel depressed, to feel like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, all of those things. And just like a quick synopsis here, for those that aren't familiar with my story, a super quick recap of my 20s. I got divorced. I became a single mom. I became a mom, period. Uh, My mom was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. We lost my son's father to suicide. Uh, And that was all within like less than two years. I also changed jobs twice (laughs) within two years. I moved four times. And at the time it was just life. Now, now what I know, what I know, which we can only know what we know, of course, I know now that I had wicked anxiety. I suffered through bouts of depression, which wasn't abnormal for me. I had been on and off uh, depression meds since I've been 16. Uh, I definitely had postpartum depression, but I also like never tested positive for that. Let's say I was, I went to the doctor multiple times, but I am naturally a happy person. And I am naturally somebody that likes to see the good in everything that's going on. So even when, you know, we were dealing with cancer and funeral and single momhood. And I I looked for the good all of the time. That's just who I am. And that's what I believe in. And, you know, in my family, friends, it was always like, not all, 
but some people would always, and it stuck with me. So obviously it meant a lot to me of like, you are only given as much as you can handle. And I believe that to a degree, I actually think we can all handle way more than we ever think we could. You just handle whatever comes at you. But I do think that that reflecting back on that, that statement is kind of a negative. And, you know, now that I'm like really into manifesting and law of attraction for the last few years, and I know that when you're in that place, that's actually kind of a negative place to be because you're like attracting in more that doesn't feel good. Okay. So it's not to say I didn't have amazing parts of my twenties, even early thirties. Absolutely. Some of the most magical things in my life happen. That is the like duality of it all. Right. But I want to talk today a little bit about our nervous system. I want to talk about fear and lack I want to tie it in with manifesting, how that all works. Um, Because like, if you think about your nervous system, when you are in fight or flight, you don't feel abundant. When you don't feel safe, you don't feel abundant. Those two just like can't exist at the exact same time within our bodies. And so we can coach ourselves out of it, or we can use tools to bring ourselves out of it. Absolutely. But I want you to recognize when your nervous system is in a reaction mode, right? So one of the key, like one of the very main keys to manifesting is having an emotional attachment to it. And I see this all the time with clients and I've seen it within myself for years. And, you know, like we can have a unpleasant. Let's use that word because I don't like negative and I don't like positive and I don't like good and I don't like bad. Feelings are just feelings. We decide. So let's say it feels unpleasant within our bodies. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while or watch me on the gram, you know that money was like a big thing in my life, which was an unpleasant feeling. I had emotional attachment to it, right? But when we are manifesting something great, we want emotional attachment to what it is we desire to be stronger. We want that to be the more predominant energy that's out there to bring in, to attract what it is that we desire. So some people can manifest from like, I call it manic manifesting. I did this many, many times when it was like, oh, how are we going to pay the bills? I need $2,500 stat. (laughs) and I could go into manic manifesting and everything was always looked after. Everything did get covered. Sometimes there were late bill payments. Sometimes there was very little in the bank account, but I was always able to survive. Right. And so like, that's kind of like the bottom of the, the pyramid in this of that is like, everything is always working out for me. If you can take that through all layers of the pyramid, but really like you're always safe at like the ultimate of gratitude or mindfulness or peacefulness, when you can live in that state of like, I'm okay, no matter what, I'm okay. And whether that has to do with money, whether that has to do with health, whether that has to do with relationships, whatever that looks like, I'm okay. So just keep in mind when we're like manifesting something and we have a fearful emotion 
like a fearful emotional attachment to it. That's, that's what's growing is the fear part. Let's just back this up for a second. So fear starts in the part of the brain called the amygdala. So when someone hears or sees a perceived quote unquote threat, the info is then sent to the amygdala in our brain. And this area of our brain contributes to emotional processing. Okay. It's like the main contributor of what hormones we're going to produce, which, you know, like that's how we feel. The amygdala then like interprets it, how it perceives it by like the images you see, the sounds you see when it like perceives danger, it sends like this, like to the hypothalamus and you like create these emotions within us. The amygdala is activated by emotionally arousing stimuli. Okay. So whether that's pleasant or unpleasant, that's where it's activated. So when we're looking at manifesting something in our life, we want to drop into the pleasant state, our state of being of like, it's like blissful. Like it feels good. Like it doesn't matter anything that's going on around us. But if we've felt threatened and our nervous system matches that, which it does, then we are more likely to look for things that make us feel unsafe because we're like in this spot in our body. I, I was reminded of this last night when we got home from the convoy and we're in town and there was a semi beside us, which we had just been driving with semis all day. And we had been at like the truck stop where there was tons of semis. And I was saying to my husband last night when I got home, I feel like I was in a concert all day. Like my ears are like not ringing, but like it was so loud all day. And so when we pulled up at a stoplight right by our house and there was a semi beside us and we could hear it, it instantly brought a good feeling within my body. Probably when I hear semi, semi horns, like the loud toot toot, I will constantly feel good. It was like so hopeful. Like I saw more full teeth smiles yesterday than I swear I've seen in two years. And it was amazing. And I saw so many tears of joy, hopefulness, uh, gratitude, people being seen, uh, just like a really pleasant experience, right? That will be triggered when I hear a semi-horn, when I hear uh, the song Convoy <laughs> go on, when I hear certain things, I will be triggered into a pleasant state. And so I think we also have to like talk about triggers for a second here. I had put some notes on this and I've wrote lots of notes and I've taken out notes and then, so I'm just kind of rolling with it here. So hopefully this all makes sense in a roundabout way. I trust you guys. I trust myself. I trust my guides. Everything that I'm saying here is exactly what needs to be said to land for the like one specific person that it needs to land for today. But triggers, I have been triggered more in the last four months than I had been in two years, I think. But triggers are not bad, right? Like just how I was talking about the semi, this, it's, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's our reaction to it. It's when our body, our nervous system goes into that fight, flight, or freeze. And then what we, how we react to that, right? So like, let's slow down our breathing. 
let's like think about what is triggering to us. I have had like so much ancestral shit come up over these last few months of like being zeroed out, being singled out, (laughs) being weird. (laughs) I've been weird. I've been different my whole life. You don't earn the kind of money I've earned in the last year and a half by being normal. So just, just accept that we're all a little weird. I think we're truly all weird. I think when we try to like fit into other people's boxes is when we feel like not ourselves and we just need to like drop into who we are and who cares if we're perceived as weird. It is what it is. So back to your like nervous system and your amygdala and that sort of thing. There have been so many studies that show if you have an emotional experience, the amygdala tags that memory so that it's better remembered, essentially. So everything in the world we see or hear or feel is filed into our body. It's like a hard drive within us, right? Holds it all, all of it. Here's another example of that. We were listening to like some oldies over, we drove to uh, to Saskatchewan to see our family after Christmas. And so we were like listening to like top hits of 2012, top th- hits of 2014, uh, all these different ones. And my kids were laughing because I don't typically listen to rap these days, but some of the songs were like pretty fast rap <laughs> lyrics and I could spout them all off. Now, if you had asked me an hour before that, you probably could have even said the song name and I wouldn't have known it. I might've known the artist. I would have said, no, I don't know the lyrics to that song, but you trigger it by the sound and the voices and the music and the beat. And I can sing it all. You turn that off. I forget the words. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) My husband and my daughter are really good at like remembering artists names and song titles and like all the words to songs and I'm like yeah I'm not very good at that and then you put on some oldies quote-unquote which is hilarious that I just called 2012 oldies but it is (laughs) essentially to my kids I can remember it all so that it is all filed away in this hard drive and so when I'm working with people around money often or abundance wealth of all sorts we like kind of pick apart what's going on in that hard drive because chances are you're running apps that are outdated. You are running things constantly that aren't actually what your beliefs are right now. Right? So it was like, it's also similar. We tried to watch a movie that was like, I think it was only 20 years old, but it had a little bit of like action in the movie. And I said to Blake, I just, I can't. I can't watch it. It's like too cheesy. (laughs) I'm too used to the new movies. I understand the premise of this movie. I really want to hear the messaging in this movie. I like want to watch it, but like my brain is like, oh, this is, this is super old and it doesn't match up with how you are right now. And we go through this with belief systems when we're building new paradigms or new thought processes or um, new neural pathways, whatever it is you want to call it, we go through the same thing. And so there's like a part of us that we go through, well, like, I want to believe this to be true. And so like, uh, you know, when I had my, I had some crazy high figure months (laughs) last year. 
mind blowing to me. I wanted to believe those would be true for like a year and a half before that. I'd been into manifestation. I'd been into law of attraction. I knew I was like on the right path of like following my passion, following what was felt good to me. I love to help people. I love to speak to people. I love uh, to empower people. I love to help people move, transform from one area into the area that they want to believe to be true. And so, like I was saying, I wanted it to believe it to be true that I could bring in, like, there was like a six week period. I think it was there where there were multiple, multiple six figures that came into my life in cash. And I was mind blown. I had been trying to manifest like, you know, 50 K would have been really cool, <laughs> let alone multiple six figures in a small amount of time. And it was like that embodiment piece is often what's missing so much. So of like, I want to believe this new, whether you call it a paradigm, new belief system, uh, new thought pattern, whatever it is you call it in your world. We often have our own narrative for that, our own language. We wrap that up with, but there's a point where it's like, I know this to be logically true, but yet it's not showing up. Or really what's happening is I want to believe the logic behind this. And for me, when I was like, you know, struggling a little bit with the manifestation or law of attraction pieces, I was really struggling with, I didn't like how emotions weren't at that time with like the mentors I was working with and the books I was reading that emotions weren't really talked about. It was just like, repeat, 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 be repetitive every day, lean into this like set. There was like one where it was like 30 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day. This is what you're doing. And it's funny because I often will I encourage my clients to lean into that because that is truly how you like change it. But the emotion piece wasn't being talked about. And that just didn't add up to me because it's cool. I'll write down affirmations all day or I'll repeat them all day. But if they're like debilitating, that they're so far off that I cannot actually get behind the belief that that is actually possible then I'm doing more detriment <laughs> than good in what I'm trying to bring into my life. And so it is really important to be aware of the hard drive that's going on for you. One of my like big aha moments, and you guys probably have heard of this, but I want to just remind you of it. If you've ever done much with Tony Robbins, I've been to see him a few times. I, I've been like in and out. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, he's so masculine. Ooh, there's just too much. He's just too much. And then there's other times where I'm like fully leaned in of like, yes, he's speaking so much truth. And he's, you know, like he helped me shift so many things in the beginning, especially. He does this example in many of his trainings or seminars or speakings, whatever it is, where he gets you to look around the room and you're looking for, I believe I might botch the colors here, but it doesn't matter. You'll get the same effect. You look for yellow, look around the room for all the yellow. And so I'm like in here and I'm seeing, I have a box with yellow. I have a painting with a little bit of yellow in it. Um, I have a basket with a touch of yellow on it. I have like the bottom of an incense stick here with yellow. And then you close your eyes. Don't do this if you're driving, open your eyes. But when you close your eyes, think about everything that's brown in the room. 
Now you were so searching for everything that was yellow. You forgot to look for the brown, but if you just like relax yourself, you'll be able to see it all. It's all there. And that's how abundance and lack work. So when you are in a fear-based state, when you're in scarcity and it's understandable, like not to get political here, but the things that have occurred, the things we have seen, the images that have been shown to us that are on our radio constantly, that are on our billboards constantly, that are in the commercials, that are every single place you go, you are reminded by something that is fearful. Now, lots of us have acclimatized to this and it's not a big deal anymore, but I'm going to give you this example. I think this is really fascinating. And I was saying to Tanya the other day, where's the book on the psychology of, that, that, of everything that has happened over the last two years? Like I've known since like April, 2020, that this is a wicked psychology piece. This is so much psychology and it's, oh, let me take a note, hypochondriac. Let me come back to that. So when we are looking around us, like the brown and the yellow, for something that reacts in our nervous system of whether we're safe or not. And we are constantly in an environment that we are reminded of this. And I'll add to that, if we have an emotional attachment to something, so if we've lost somebody or we've seen somebody suffer because of this said thing, we are going to have a deeper emotional attachment where we don't feel safe within our bodies. And so I know that I am super blessed and I'm so freaking grateful for the path that I've been on the last, oh gosh, seven years now. I can only peg it because it started when my youngest <laughs> was, was born at like a year old, six months to a year old. I really started getting into this stuff, but I'm so grateful for that because the mind fuckery that goes on within my own brain, the last year and a half, near two years now is crazy. And I catch it and I'm aware of it, but I have also been doing this work for years. I am so aware of my body. I am so aware of my nervous system. Doesn't mean it's perfect. But recognize where you have climatized to different things and recognize where we have emotional attachment. So the same thing happens for, um, you know, like I was saying about somebody suffering, if we have an emotional attachment to that, somebody in our life that we lost, uh, due to this, or that got quite ill due to this, the same thing is happening for people that have seen adverse reactions to something. Their system's triggered. As soon as that word comes up, completely triggered. How could it not be? Because we have an emotional attachment to this. I know in the spring, I had a friend that had an adverse reaction. And so I was like, oh, I have a bias now. Before that, I didn't have a bias. I was like, it's not really my thing. That's cool. You do you. I know within my body, it's a no for me, can be a yes for others. That's cool. You do you. But as soon as I had this emotional attachment that like, you know, my friend was hospitalized and she's still suffering with it. I have an unconscious bias towards that. And I am aware of it. And we need to become aware where we have these unconscious biases, which really are emotional attachments within our body of not feeling safe of why we don't like something. And so I think if we can just become like hyper aware as a collective 
as a country, as citizens, and allow other people to work through their shit doesn't mean anything about us, right? I had a, a friend walk by me the other day, and it's funny because she's actually ran into me three times in a week. <laughs> I hadn't seen this friend in months. And we've been friends for years. Kids are very tight. And it's interesting because the first time she ran into me, about 20 feet away, she recognized that I was walking down the path towards her. And instead of wave and say hello and even go the other way, just pretended she didn't see me. Now, because of the life experience that I've had and the work that I do and the, you know, all of the things, I've had this happen at other points in my life. Like when my son's father, we lost to suicide, there were a lot of judgmental people. And a lot of people pretended they didn't know me anymore because they just, it was uncomfortable. I get it. It's okay. It was hard at that time. But damn, it's awesome that it prepared me for this because I just sent her love. I was annoyed at first. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm a human. I was like, seriously? Seriously? Because we made different medical choices? It's fine. It is fine. So I send her love every day. And it's very fascinating <laughs> that we continue to run into her on a regular basis. In that, like, that's a piece for us to grow and for her to grow. Right? So let me just see if I can wrap this up together. I want you to not feel uh, ashamed or deny that your nervous system has been heightened during all of this time. If you are thinking your nervous system has not been heightened, I'm sorry, i call BS. <laughs> there is too many different circumstances. There have been too many places that People have been segregated, which I know is like such a trigger term right now. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way of any sort. But like, if you look at what's happened, um, all the groups that have been kind of like zeroed out over the last two years, like there's so many quote unquote minorities right now. And, you know, their nervous systems have been triggered and they might not be aware of it. They might not do the work like most of us that listen to this podcast do. And how can we love on them? I, I used to have a shirt that says love always wins and it kind of wore out and it looked really shitty. So I got rid of it, but I'm like, I was sad because I wanted to wear it again yesterday. And I like truly believe that love always wins. We can't fight hate with hate. Uh, my seven-year-old said to me the other day and he got it from his teacher at school and I love this. Um, and it was like, my kids were kind of arguing and <laughs> one kid was like not saying nice things to the other kid. And then this other kid was not saying nice things back. And then my seven-year-old pipes up, you can't fight fire with fire. No. And to me, that just means like the water on the fire is love, compassion, unity, community. Doesn't mean everybody thinks the same thing. It doesn't mean that nobody has differences. We all have differences. We're all going to for the rest of our lives. And that's amazing. I love it. You know, when I worked in the paint industry and people would come in and everybody would want, I, I worked in flooring as well, beige carpets and beige siding or exteriors. Everything was dope. Everything was dope. And there were like a few hot colors that like, it's an easy sale, right? I wasn't commission based, so it, it felt good. 
I don't, I don't work well on a commission base, especially back then. Cause I always thought I was being kind of shady. I'm like, let's just talk about marketing for a second again, actually, because marketing is one of the things that I struggled with when I came into business for myself. Marketing is always like play on the pain points. I, uh, you know, my husband and I used to watch the news every single morning together, every single morning. And there was like a time that I wore that as a badge of honor because I'd have friends to come to me, like ask questions about what was going on in the world. And I had friends say to me, like, you're just so knowledgeable in all these things. And I was like, well, yeah, I watched the news. And then when we really started to get into like our own personal growth and self-development, personal development, spirituality, all the things I, I, we stopped, we stopped watching it. And we realized how often it was negative in the news because uh, one of the sayings that always sticks out to me is if it bleeds, it leads. And there was a little statistic. I think it was like 76% of negative news. Like the ratings go up if it's negative news by 76%. And I was like, oh, that's so crappy. Like that sucks. Like, why are we putting all that in the world, in ourselves all the time? And so when we were watching the news and when we like detoxed from the news, cause it's a detox, it truly is there's like this emptiness where I was like, Oh, I don't feel knowledgeable anymore. I don't feel like I know what's going on, but yet it still comes through. There's still conversations, deep conversations that I have with people that I know what's going on in the world. You know, like I have friends in Australia, multiple friends in Australia that I talk to. I have friends in the States. I have friends in Eastern Canada. I have friends on the West coast. You still hear these things that are going on without watching the news. And it comes through a more human experience, in my opinion, and it has more meaning to it. It has more depth to it. And it's not filtered through somebody else's lens of how they're perceiving it. Like I get the like info firsthand. And if I don't get it firsthand, then I kind of just let it go. Cause it's, you know, like tele the old telephone chat thing we used to do when we were little and we'd you know, whisper in one person's ear and then it would go all the way around the circle and how messed up would it be by the time it got to the last person gets pretty like muddled, right? It's not super clear on what was, he said, she said, she said, she said, he said, she said, he said, what? what? No longer does it look the same any longer. And so when we are letting go of some of these paradigms, like that was a, one of the first paradigms that I burnt down was like that I needed to be knowledgeable in what was going on in the news and if we turn that off and we just go inside of us we just find out like what feels good to us does it really matter what's going on around us right if we can feel safe and we can feel whole and we can feel complete within us and I know that sounds so cheesy do you know how much the world changes when we stop taking on other people's perspectives which is something that I wickedly work on with clients because like we've taken uh, belief systems that our parents believed, that their parents believed, that their parents believed. And uh, I'm really into this patterns thing right now too, because there's such a pattern. And that was like, sent me into a panic attack, March, 2020 for the record, woke up in a panic attack and I hadn't done that in years. But it was because I was like learning so much about money and I was learning so much about uh, the trappings in our body and how, DNA is passed down through us and belief systems are passed down through us, even if we're not necessarily um, 
with those people. Sometimes it is just like passed down through our bodies. And at the time I had really been working in like what the dirty thirties and um, like the whole depression era, what that had done for people and coming out of that. And so when I'm working with clients, you know, I will often, we will pick apart what our parents have done, what our grandparents have done for careers, for money, where there's been struggles, where there's been um, often, like I'll see this with uh, families with doctors often, where it's like a trade-off that like, well, we can be quite wealthy from a financial sense, but we are not wealthy in an abundant sense because, you know, my dad was at the hospital all of the time, or he was on call all of the time, or he wasn't able to uh, lock in family events if he was on call or, you know, like there's just so many things of that. And again, it's back to that like unconscious bias piece on a deeper level that it's like, it's trapped within our body. Like that's just the way we are. And, you know, I'll give you an example of my life. Um, my dad was a banker and he worked in loans and he worked in, my parents started RSPs like wicked young, like early, early twenties, I think. And they didn't put much away. Like we didn't have a ton of money, but I remember when they were getting divorced and I was 18 and they were like, showed me. And I think they were trying to like teach me about money, which was like super cool. And I think we need to do more of that with our children at like even a younger age, personally, like it's such a big thing. How do we not talk about money and energy of money and like the feelings of money, like all of the money things at a really young age, you know, like that's what sets us up for success in my opinion. Anyway, they were sharing with me these RSPs that they were divvying up because they were getting a divorce and there were millions. And so then they were showing me about like compound interest and, you know, how, if you like invest for the first five years of your twenties, how that's like 10 X, if you do it for the first five years of your forties and how that changes over time. And they were doing it to empower me, which was cool. Cause I was like 18. Right. But when I like then got into my late twenties and I didn't feel like I had an adequate enough amount of RSPs. Oh, shame, shitty, gross. My parents never once said to me anything negative in my late twenties about not having enough RSPs or that I should put more. It was never another discussion. It was 12 years before. And all of a sudden I was like 30 and I was like, oh, do I have enough RSPs? Like, how am I going to survive? when I'm older and want to retire. Now I look at it as such a different way, right? Like it's abundance mindset and it is an abundance mentality. And I am always going to be looked after and I'm always going to have more than enough. Cause that's the other thing. Sometimes we'll like get stuck in this loop pattern of just enough. It's not the best pattern. It's not the most comfortable. Our nervous system is constantly triggered during that time, but you need to just like figure out how you can drop into that. And with everything that's happened in the last couple of years and all of the triggers and all of the emotional attachment we've had uh, to things that are fearful or lack or scarcity, you know, like even right now going in with this trucker, uh, truckers for freedom or what convoy freedom or freedom convoy, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, all of it, you know, it's like, it's, again, triggering to people, even if they had a like pretty regular nervous system of like, oh shit, like I better get some food. 
I better get some extra food because who knows what's happening. And I've seen this picture rolling around on social media and it kind of bugs me because it's the same damn picture shared by everybody. And I'm like, so is this just one grocery store? I don't know if you guys have seen it, but if you look closely, it's either like a cropped version and maybe there's more. Okay. This is just my experience. It's a cropped version or a zoomed out version of the exact same thing of an empty grocery shelf. Well, of course that's going to trigger our body. Like we want to be able to eat. And so then sometimes there will be, for some people, there will be a negative reaction to truckers right now because they are taking away their food. They are taking away the safety. I personally believe in the cause that they're standing for of ending all mandates. Mental health is a huge piece to me. It has really bothered me for the last two years how mental health has not been looked at in all of this. I think every single person from every age group has been affected mental health wise. I actually think in my non-doctor opinion, non-medical opinion, that everybody has a little bit of PTSD and anxiety. Because I look at my senior grandparents who we love and the amount they have been isolated. I look at, you know, the, let's say boomers age, baby boomers age and how they worry about their parents if they're still around or they worry about their children. Any mother's fathers out there, of course we have been worried about our kids in some capacity over those last two years, whether it's like that we don't want our kids to contract and pass away, or it's that my kids, like for my own story that I had to really work through, this was a deep one for me, you guys, was when we couldn't put our kids in uh, hockey, which was something they really wanted to do, but I'm not allowed in there. I can't tie my kids skates. Right. And so like, it's a minor thing. And I'm aware of that in the grand scheme of life, but it also affects their mental health. They're thinking about it. They're seeing it. They have friends that are in it. It's triggering for them. There's trauma that's coming from that. Absolutely. They've been let down. We've all been let down in one way or another. We have all felt let down by something over the last two years. And so not to be a negative Nelly, because this is why I didn't speak about it for so long on my socials, like little tiny bits here or there is because I don't want to add fire to the fire. I don't want to add negativity, but I think there's a shift happening within the majority of us, which I think is absolutely beautiful into looking at the bigger picture. Are these mandates working? I would say not so much. We're still getting a fair amount of cases. <laughs> Luckily, it has kind of turned into a thing where we're not getting as sick as people were in the beginning. Amen. Um, amazing, right? Like that is beautiful and so good. And not to say that other people aren't getting sick and not to take away from any hardships that have like, don't get me wrong here. I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to die, but I don't think that these mandates are being super effective. Uh, just for a moment, let's go into the masks actually, because this has been like super fascinating, the psychology behind this for me. So it was shared in the very beginning that 
uh, cloth masks weren't effective. And then I was like, interesting, but now we're like being told to put on these masks and like, we're all wearing cloth masks or like the majority of us are wearing cloth masks. And then like the mandates kind of ended, right? Like we got to be free for the summer and we didn't have to wear them. And so like, don't really think about it. And then the mandates, like most of them came back in, in September for Alberta anyways, right? For, with these masks. And our health minister, the CDC, they, they have said we need N95s, but we just continue wearing these cloth masks for it to be effective. Now, my husband doesn't wear one. I do wear one sometimes. Depends where I am. Uh, I don't like to trigger people, as we've explained here, uh, with, without it being necessary. Like, and I mean that because like I will trigger clients for their growth. I will help them think about things for their own growth. But like in the grocery store, I don't want to make Betty Sue feel uncomfortable just because I'm not wearing a mask. However, I do 95% of the time wear it underneath my nose. And it is fascinating to go to the grocery store with my husband. And like, if we separate to like get different things and then we come back together, I will watch people in the aisles stay far away from him, but they will come close to me. And they will come close to anybody with a cloth mask. It's the psychology behind all of this is fascinating to watch. And I just want us to become really aware of what is going on in our brains and what is happening. And like, this is a nervous system response. He's unsafe. I can see his whole face. He might give me something. Now, my husband has antibodies. So that's interesting because he's probably the safest of the safe right now. <laughs> but because we've been told to look for an image that is then sent to the amygdala and then produces emotions and hormones within our body to react to this, our heart races, our breathing gets a little more shallow for a lot of people. I'm not saying everybody, okay? It's just so interesting to watch. It's so interesting. And so I want to leave you with this. Have no shame in being triggered this last year and a half. Like, welcome the triggers. Cool. What am I actually going to do with them? How can I recognize what's going on in my body? And how can I kind of like help slow that down? And how can I process this differently? And know that, you know, we're all going to need different tools and more tools right now in this heightened state of everybody around us in different ways, right? There's heightened states in all different ways around us. So personally, I feel, and I feel a lot of people in this community of ours too, it is so important for us to do what feels good to us to regulate our systems. So whether that means you meditate, whether that means you walk in nature, whether that means you move your body, please move your body, let that energy flow through you in whatever way, whether that's yoga, whether that's cardio, whether that's, oh, like so many different ways. Allow yourself to be selfish with your time. Be so selfish in making sure that like you're so full and you're so feeling good and regulated. And, you know, like if you're not, no shame, but what can you do to help yourself to get there? better sleep, a few more vegetables, 
whatever that looks like for you, just like up the game plan right now. Sending love, thinking of gratitude, feeling gratitude, not just thinking of it. I thought of gratitude for years before I understood that the feeling of gratitude is completely different than the thinking of gratitude, right? Okay, I hope this was more of an empowering conversation than disempowering. Know that my intent is to empower. Know that my intent is to spread love. Know that I do feel there's a positive shift happening in the world, especially our country right now. It's amazing. Makes my heart so happy. I just want to touch on this little thing because if you've cried in the last few days and my inbox is full of criers (laughs) right now, and I love it. I love it so much. Release it. Crying is also a thing of release to help that nervous system. But what are you telling yourself when you're crying or when you're trying to hold in the tears? So like, I've had a few people message me that they were bawling like a baby. I'm like, ah, it's not bawling like a baby. It's bawling like a woman that has had a lot of pressure for the last two years. And this is a glimmer of hope. You feel seen, you feel heard, you feel supported, you feel part of a community. Let those tears flow. Let your children see them. Let your friends see them. Let your spouse see them. Let your partner see them. Let your strangers see them. It's okay. Let it all out. It's such a beautiful thing. You know, like, you'll know I'm a crier if you follow me on socials. But back to like, you know, those couple of years for me that were like so tremendously trying, I hardly cried hardly cried at all. I bet you I could count on one hand in those two years, the amount of times that I cried because strong women don't cry. There's no point to tears. There, like, there were so many stories attached to that. That's not strength. Tears aren't strength. Suck it up, Jen. That's not going to help you at all. Be strong, get through this. I had such an attachment to tears equal equaling. That's not a very good word. Uh, weakness though is what I'm saying. Now, like I've had so many women uh, hold space for me and uh, cry in my presence. Tears flow. I just think it's the most like beautiful thing. Courageous, brave, strong. Those are the women that cry. And men too. This isn't just for females. I love seeing a guy tear up. That is beautiful. He is so in touch with his emotion. I encourage my kids to cry. I don't stop them. I don't go, oh, it's okay. Don't cry. I did in the, like when my kids were little, little, before I got into this work, I'd be like, oh no, don't be sad. Mm -mm. You want to feel sad? Feel sad. You want to feel disappointed? That's my seven-year-old's favorite word right now. I'm really disappointed. mom. Cool. Let's feel disappointed. What does disappointment feel like in your body? I want him to know these things. I want all of us to know these things, male, female. I don't know the proper terms. I'm not good with this. Binary, non-binary, transgender, whatever you associate yourself with. Um, In any capacity, every single human is what I'm trying to say here. Needs to be able to process emotion 
Do you know how much the world would change if we could process emotion without judgment of ourselves or other? That's my mission. I'm going to leave that with you guys today. Thank you for joining me on the Spiritual Boss Podcast. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, do it on my personal page if you can. Better at checking that. Uh, don't hesitate to send a message. I send so much love to you. We're all in this together, no matter what side of the fence we've been placed on. That was another thing I said to Tanya the other day. Everybody's like black or gray or white. Sorry. I feel like I was placed in like this side, but I actually like feel like I'm more middle, even though other people are putting me on this side. What if we're just all gray? We're all gray. We get to be grays together and we can even shift from dark gray to light gray and medium gray. And if we want to try on a little black, we can try on a little black. If we want to try on a little white, we can try on a little white. We're all in this together. I know as Canadians, and I believe 99% of our followers are Canadian, we are in this together. And this is the way through. Uh, yesterday on a car, what was it? Divided we stand. No, divided we fall. <laughs> United we stand. That's what I want to leave you with on everything that's going on in the world right now. United we stand. Sending you guys so much love.